Welcome to the Her Holistic Path podcast for women awakening to their spiritual journey, mothers looking to heal and live holistically, and all in between. This is where spirit and science collide to deepen, refine, and even challenge what it means to be a divine feminine being. Let's journey together. Peace and wholeness. In today's episode, I'm going to be sharing with you what I did to have a painless natural birth. Now, before I dive into this, I want to say that I'm using my first birth kind of as a baseline and my second birth as basically an experiment to see, okay, if I make all of these changes and incorporate these different activities during my pregnancy, will it make a difference? And for me, personally, the things I'm going to share today made a huge, significant difference in my birth. So I'm going to share with you three main things that I did for my body, for my mind, and really for my emotions. So let's get into it. The first thing that I did way differently for my first pregnancy is that I worked out. (laughs) I actually got my butt out of the bed and I worked out pretty much from starting in the second trimester throughout the end of my pregnancy. And immediately, as soon as I started working out in the gym, the back pain that I had disappeared. Aches and pains disappeared. So I was pretty much convinced that my uterus growing is pulling on muscles and tendons and ligaments. And maybe I need to do like some strengthening workouts. And that is why it's, it's taking away the pain for me. It could have just been the movement. It could have just been simply that I was exercising. It could have been any type of exercise. But personally for me, I chose to do weightlifting, (laughs) strength training. And it seems like, what? Like, why would you just start strength training during pregnancy? And I'm not recommending it. I'm simply sharing my personal story. And what I came to realize is that you can target certain muscles when you strength train in a way that you can't really target when you're just like going to do cardio or just like one of those like you know, aerobics kind of class where you're in there like dancing and kind of working out and it's like a mixture of cardio. You can't target the muscles the same. Maybe you can, I don't know, but it just worked for me. And I think the misconception behind strength training is that you have to like do really, really heavy weights. And you don't. Like for much of the time, I was just squatting the bar itself with no weights on the end. And then, you know, as you get stronger and stronger, you add a little bit more weight. But it's really about that, like, isolated movement. It helped a ton in how I felt during my pregnancy. Um, But I also feel like, of course, it helped me to have a better mood. Like, I didn't feel like that, like, third trimester, like, grumpiness 
where you just like feel like a big circle and you're just like, oh, I hate this. I'm so huge. I didn't feel that. And I don't necessarily think that's all because I gained less weight. I think part of it was that I just felt better from exercising on a regular basis. In conjunction with working out, I also stretched. And <laughs> I, I could have a whole sidebar conversation on stretching, but the basic idea for me was that if I can put myself into a position that's uncomfortable and practice taking a deep breath, releasing the tension out of my body and my mind, then I'm essentially practicing for labor. Because when you're in labor, your muscles, well, not your muscles, but your muscle, your uterus is contracting and stretching. And that it has a similar sensation of when you stretch out like a muscle, another muscle on your body. So I kind of used yoga as a way to practice mental resilience and mental relaxation. And I think, you know, out of all the things I'm going to list here, that's a really big one, a really helpful one. And I also just want to have a sidebar to say, a lot of people talk about getting into a squat to have their baby. And it's a great position to get in because it opens up the pelvic outlet which is like the bottom part of the pelvis where baby is coming through. It opens that up. And, you know, even from a more mm, kind of spiritual standpoint, it's like you're, you're really planting your feet on the ground. You are grounded. You are solid. Like when you get into a squat. The thing is, because <laughs> I hear a lot of people saying like, yes, I want to get into a squad and it's going to be so natural, right? I hear a lot of people say that. But if you aren't, if you don't have a level of strength and flexibility, it's going to be a struggle for you to get into a squat. And I'm talking about like what I used to, I used to be <laughs> in dance, like ballet and modern, and we would call it a, primi a primitive squat. Like, not the squat that you do at the gym where, like, your butt is, like, you know, still a f whole couple of feet or at least a foot away from the ground. I'm talking about the squat where it's, like, your butt is basically touching the ground. That's the kind of squat that it requires a little bit of flexibility. And I've seen people who want to get into a squat, but they really can't because they never like got into a squat when they were pregnant. They didn't like practice those muscles. And if you sit in a chair all day long, like those muscles get weak and they get tight. So it makes it difficult to even access the very position that you want to be in to give birth to your baby. Next, I ate way way better. In my first pregnancy, I had the mentality of most American moms, which is I'm pregnant. I'm eating for two. I have cravings. I'm going to eat whatever I want, whenever I want it. And there's no holding back. 
And so, you know, I was eating all types of processed foods, dairy, you know, all the stuff that really clogs the body up, slows the body down, creates a lot of mucus, forms disease. And I really felt it at the end of my pregnancy. My first one, I felt like a boat. (laughs) And at the end of my second pregnancy, it was like, hmm, I feel like really good. Like I'm enjoying being pregnant. This is not like super uncomfortable for me. And I think the mixture of working out and getting my body moving and stretching and getting those kinks out of my muscles and eating better, which potentially meant, you know, less mucus in the body, less inflammation in the body. And I just felt way better. But after I had my baby and I witnessed other mothers who had a primarily plant-based diet um, or just a primarily clean diet, like not a lot of chemicals, not a lot of processed, like, uh, I don't even know what to call, not a lot of food that's not food, like the kind of food that comes in a box and it doesn't grow off of a tree. Yeah. I noticed that the mothers who ate a really clean diet tended to have a really straightforward birth experience wasn't super long wasn't a whole lot of complications not a not even a lot of blood loss like small amount of blood loss and so again I'm not recommending that like if you eat a plant-based diet then you'll have a perfect birth but what I am saying is we birth through our bodies like the baby is coming out of our body so when we go into labor it's a physical it's mental and spiritually emotional and all those things but it's it's physical and so how can we expect to have like really great birth experiences if our vessel with which we are using to birth isn't in good condition now there are anomalies that I will definitely admit there are people who literally eat Cheetos and fried chicken <laughs> at McDonald's throughout their whole pregnancy and they pop their babies out like nothing ever happened. And they are the anomaly. And we don't, we don't have enough information to understand those people. <laughs> but in my work as a doula, time after time after time, the people who have a cleaner diet typically have a more straightforward Dare I say, easier? <laughs> I don't I don't like to use that word, but, you know, less complicated birth, maybe less painful birth. And always not a lot of blood. So I felt better during my pregnancy. I also feel like my diet contributed to having a better birth experience. Um, Something I also incorporated was dates. And there is actually like a handful of studies that come out of, I want to say like the Middle East, that look at women who eat dates compared to women who did not. And going into the hospital, uh, the women who ate dates actually were more dilated, more effaced, had a more ripe or a softer cervix. So all of those are great, like when you're talking about birth. And so I was eating, you know, about six 
or basically like a handful of dates every day. Once I was in my third trimester, some people wait until the 36 week mark. But dates also are a really great source of energy. The way that the body breaks down the sugar in a date is different than it breaks down other sugars. Um, And it's a great way to sweeten your smoothie. It also has some sort of like mood boosting properties. So I'm all I'm here for that. (laughs) It has an oxytocin like effect is what it is. And oxytocin is a hormone, a part of birth that really just runs the whole show, makes you contract. It does a lot of things. So that's good. And then the last thing in the food or the consumption category is I incorporated herbs. And the main herb that I used is red raspberry leaf. I have to put the emphasis on the leaf, <laughs> not raspberry tea, but raspberry leaf tea. And what this herb does is it helps the uterus to be toned. So I always tell people like, there's no way for you to like work out your uterus. Like it's a muscle. It is a muscle. But you can't like do a workout to get your uterus in shape. (laughs) And so I think this is kind of like Mother's Earth, Mother, ooh, (laughs) Mother Earth's gift to us that helps us to tone our uterus. And not in the sense that like, oh, you need to have like a strong uterus, but in the sense of you need to have a healthy uterus. And this herb can help with, you know, the health and wellness of your uterus and your reproductive system. Um, it's also it's also a very nourishing herb with lots of different vitamins and nutrients in it. So it's overall a really good tea to incorporate into your pregnancy um, in the second and third trimester. Some people even drink it as early as the first trimester. And... One of the things that really got me hooked on this tea was I was going through videos to figure out like, okay, how can I have a a better birth? And time and time again, people were talking about this tea. And I'm like, yo, this is crazy. And finally, I came across this video of some like, I want to say maybe she was Amish. And she was like, on her fifth baby or something like that. And she was like, yep, this is the tea I drink. And it made a difference because my first few births were like this. And then I started drinking the tea and then my birth was like that. And I was like, I'm sold. Like, send me 10 boxes today. So I started drinking that tea religiously. And I do mean religiously. Like, I was not playing about my tea every single day. And I... I just want to say, like, I've heard people say, like, oh, like, it's not, you know, that great. The tea is great, in my opinion. But I also think what's amazing is the placebo effect. And I remember sitting down and drinking my tea and thinking to myself, this is going to make me have such a shorter labor. And my labor is not even going to be painful. Because that's the lady also talked about that in her video. She was like for whatever reason, drinking this tea helps my labor to be less painful. So I had those intentions in my mind, like I'm drinking this tea because I know it's going to help. And I think whether it be the herb or the placebo effect, it's worth it. (laughs) It's worth it. 
I personally saw a huge difference and I drank this tea even while I was going, well, while I was in early labor, I drank some of this tea. And yeah, like I did a lot of things differently. So I can't pinpoint like it was that one thing, but I feel like this had a big, big role in the difference of my two labors. If you're concerned about getting through the intensity of contractions, but you really want to have a natural birth, I have something special for you. As a doula and natural birthing mama myself, I've learned what can make the difference between someone who has a relaxed birth and someone who is in serious pain. I've compiled my relaxation techniques, breathing exercises, positions, and so much more in the Her Holistic Birth Guide, which is available at herholisticpath.com. This guide outlines ways to decrease pain in each stage of labor and increase peacefulness through every moment. As a listener to this podcast, you can receive the guide for 20% off using the code EXPAND, E-X-P-A-N-D. Now, back to the episode. Okay, so the last, the last thing on my list is I created a vision of my birth in my mind and I visited that vision often. And there's a system to doing this. So I'm going to break down step by step exactly how to do this. I know I said this before, but I think this is actually like (laughs) the biggest factor in having a painless birth. And I say this because if you're familiar with the um, modality of hypnosis, there are some people that use hypnosis to prepare themselves for labor. They'll listen to different CDs and, you know, it's kind of like, programming your mind to believe that your birth is going to be painless and it works it absolutely works I've seen it work for moms who've had many many babies and for moms who are on their first baby and so I derived this ritual in order to have that same effect because I saw um You know, I saw stories of people who had a lot of success with hypnosis. So it is, it is, um, what's the word? Inspired by that. So step one in creating a vision of your birth in your mind and visiting that place often. Step one is actually to understand how perfect birth really is. Because... So much of what is in our mind, especially subconsciously or unconsciously, is the story that birth isn't safe, that we absolutely need to be afraid, be scared, be nervous, because this is really dangerous. And not only that, birth is really painful and it is guaranteed to be painful. 
And so the first thing you have to do is really, and the first thing that I did, you don't have to do nothing, but <laughs> I'm, just, I'm just saying what I did. The first thing you have to do is learn, right? And there are some people who are an exception to this. There are some people who don't have to learn anything and will wholeheartedly, without a shadow of a doubt in their mind, believe that my body is perfect, my baby is perfect, my labor is going to be perfect, my birth is going to be perfect, I'm not going to be in pain. They don't need to hear anything. They don't need to read a book. They don't need to listen to a podcast. That's just how they are built. More power to those people. But for the rest of us... (laughs) who grew up in a society where it was, you know, very clear that birth is going to be the worst thing you experience in your entire life. And you better pray that that baby doesn't rip open your vagina. You know, it gets really grotesque. And the reality is that we are getting these stories and these fears and this anxiety. We're deriving it from the medical system which has an inherent fear of birth, which it, it, it tries to mitigate that fear by controlling birth and in the attempt to control birth creates more problems than it actually solves. So I recommend that your first step be read a book, listen to podcasts, get acquainted with a good natural birthing blog, So that you can rest assured that you have everything you need to birth your baby. And not only that, but you were built, you were literally created in your own mother's womb with an inbuilt pain relief system. And I'm not going to get into it in this episode. Maybe I'll do a separate episode on this, but you literally have hormones that will release in your body in order for you to not feel pain. Like that's how you were created. You have a mechanism that's basically like morphine, but that your body makes on its own. And I bet that your OB (laughs) did not tell you that. No shade, right? It's no shade. But we aren't having these conversations when people walk into their doctor's office and say, yeah, I don't think I want an epidural. It kind of comes like it's either a very brief conversation or no conversation at all. But many women are walking around not understanding that your brain can literally release and send the signal to release hormones that will make birth bearable and for some people ecstasy orgasmic at the least uh expansive experience okay so get educated <laughs> step 2 release fear about pain Now, if you're already into the world of law law of attraction and manifestation and 
um, universal laws and principles, then you're familiar. But if not, there's a very simple idea that if you want to bring something into fruition, if you want something to happen in your life, then first you set the intention and you, you know, do a couple of things to really feel it, believe it, hold it in your mind's eye. But a key point is that you have to let it go. And it's going to be the same thing when it comes to pain and birth. You have to let it go. Because when we are holding, first of all, just the energy of holding on to something, even if you're just mentally holding, like if you mentally think about something and it's like, I can't let this thought go, you will feel a reaction in your body. You may feel your chest tighten up. You may feel... um tightness in your neck or in your shoulders but mental the mental state translates directly to the body so we have to release the fear of the pain i'm not saying that you still can't have a f- passing thought of like eh, it might be painful like it's it's actually okay to have that thought in order to accept it Because it's difficult to fear something that you've accepted already. In the sense that fear has an element of anticipation. But if you you accept it, then the element of fear becomes a little bit weaker. So I'm going to... I'm going to go to the next step, which is going to explain how, exactly how to release fear of pain. And this is the ritual that I put into place. I did this mainly throughout my third trimester, a little bit in my second trimester. And you can tweak it for what works for you. But before I get into those that exact ritual, I just want to emphasize that when there is fear and then subsequently tension, that tension is what creates what I will call an instant manifestation of the pain that you're afraid of. Because when you're in labor, your uterus is contracting and then you have the muscles around it which could either be relaxing or also contracting and tensing up now if you are tense in all the other muscles in your body and you're holding that tension and then there's already tension in the uterus from it contracting that tension on top of tension equals pain. But the only reason that you would hold tension in your outer extremities and the rest of your body is simply because you are afraid and you are struggling to release both mentally and physically the fear of the 
pain and the contraction. So your fear is like directly manifesting more pain with each contraction if you cannot release. And I'm talking in very direct, straightforward terms. Of course, you can release and release and release and still feel an element of discomfort. But it is typically going to be way different than the type of pain that you'll experience if you are very, very, very tense. Again, there could be anomalies. There could be people who relaxed and still feel still felt a great deal of pain. But for the majority of people that I witnessed, if we can get to the point of total relaxation, we are also at the point of, oh, this, <laughs> this isn't that painful. It's uncomfortable. Not a place that I would want to stay at all day. Intense, definitely. But painful, that's not really what I'm experiencing right now. In this state of total release and relaxation. So I just wanted to get, make that super clear before I keep going. So this is the ritual that I used. First step is to meditate. And the meditation is specifically to have loving acceptance of any sensation that arises while I'm in labor. And for me, what I did is I actually put myself in the state of mind that if I were to be feeling a contraction right now, I would lovingly accept and appreciate what my body is doing and allow it to do it by getting out of the way mentally, getting out of the way physically, and surrendering to what is happening. The next thing I did to further that intention is I held affirmations. And I mean, I held the affirmation in my mind. I didn't just read it. I didn't just say it. I imagined the physical sensation of with each contraction, I feel more and more pleasure. I held it in my mind. I imagined what would it be like if I had a contraction and it felt good. And there are tons of different affirmations that you can tap into. The key, I think, with affirmations is to make them believable. Don't make it something that you can't really jive with because your brain is going to be like, uh, like, I don't know about that. <laughs> and then that inner chatter begins. But if you can make your affirmation something that you can hold in your mind without resistance and friction and you can begin to mentally accept it, I think that's where the magic happens. So following my affirmations, and I had them posted up on my wall, and I would sit in front of my wall, sit down, read all of them, go through them, take a deep breath, hold them, Imagine them in my mind's eye. After that, I would move into, and, and this ritual was kind of varying from day to day. I would move into either a very brief or, you know, maybe like a 30 minute yoga practice. 
And again, I really enjoyed stretching. It felt good. But I also wanted to practice these affirmations while I was stretching so that when I began to feel the tension in my muscles and the discomfort, I could practice, okay, when my body feels uncomfortable, I say an affirmation and take a deep breath, release, and I feel better. And that was my idea of practicing for birth, for labor. Typically, after I did yoga, I felt really, really good. I felt really, like, ready to lay down. I didn't feel any achy pains and things like that. So I'd get in the bed. And before, as as I was falling asleep, I would create a very deep visualization. And... I want to be clear that when you visualize your birth, it does not have to be realistic. Only if you want it to be. Sometimes I imagine myself giving birth on the beach. Which is actually something I still hold, like, as a possible reality in the future. And I actually do think one day I will, I will give birth on the beach. But it doesn't matter. You could visualize yourself giving birth on the moon if that's where you feel the most comfort and relaxation. The key is that you're creating a place in your mind where birth becomes normal and safe and beautiful and calm and painless and bearable and magical. And you are in essence exercising your mind's capacity to be okay with birth. It's a mindset thing. So that when you go into labor and you hit those contractions that are really, really intense, your brain is like already practiced. Oh, we know what to do. Taking a deep breath releasing the muscles. And I'm not trying to paint a picture that your birth is going to be like a bunch of like oohs and ahs and like, you know, eating grapes and sipping a smoothie and just like floating in the birth pool with flower petals. That is some people's reality, (laughs) but it wasn't mine. If I told you my full birth story... (laughs) from start to finish in detail, you'd be like, what? That sounds crazy. That sounds crazy. But from the inside out, my experience of my labor and birth was amazing because I was so calm and I was so at peace and I was amazed with each contraction. Like, I'm still going and I feel okay. Like, I don't feel like I'm dying. But then at the same time, like, you really get through the parts of labor that are hard or you get through the parts of labor that you otherwise couldn't and still get to some point where it's like, okay, I still feel like I'm about to die. Like, I still feel really intense. This is hard. This is crazy. I'm, I'm going nuts, screaming, whatever you need to do. It doesn't mean that you won't experience that. It just means that you'll be able to get through it. 
Because for some people, that's the cutoff point. That's the threshold. Can't do it. Done. And there's no judgment there, right? Because everyone is experiencing sensations in their own body. And I can't attempt to know what birth is like for another individual, like in their own body. But yeah, what I'm saying here is a little bit nuanced. I hope it makes sense. You know, you're on the outside looking in. It may look like, whoa, she's losing it. But that's okay. Like, it's okay. And a painless birth doesn't necessarily mean a tamed birth. Because I was very untamed at parts of my labor. I was very, like, unhinged. I was, like, crying, like, sobbing at one point. Um, I was, like, really irate at one point. But like inside my own world, it was great. I was like, it was good. It was way better than what I had experienced before. So (laughs) with that said, the very last step that I would do, and again, not every single day would this happen, but right before I went to sleep, I would put on a guided meditation. Now, there are so many guided meditations for so many different things. I started off with just regular guided meditations to help me sleep better, to help me be more relaxed. And it just feels really good. Like I slept better. I slept way better with guided meditations. Um, But then I also started to use birth meditations in the evening when I was going to sleep. And I would actually start to have very vivid dreams about my birth. And so that's when I thought, okay, this must be working because my subconscious mind is conjuring up these dreams (laughs) and it'll be like really good dreams about, you know, me birthing and it not being painful and all that stuff. So that was my ritual to hold the vision of my birth in my mind in order to have a painless birth. And I want to emphasize that, yes, my birth was intense. I definitely had moments where I was uncomfortable in times where I was completely, completely unhinged. Uh, But nothing like what I experienced with my first labor and birth. I didn't feel like I was suffering. And I certainly had a much faster labor and I was actually quite surprised when I started to feel my baby coming out um, which was more of a energetic experience than a physical one even to this day it's like I don't remember feeling discomfort like when she started to come out it was like I was somewhere else And I actually would love to tell both of my birth stories. So if you're listening to this uh, on Patreon, let me know down in the comments if you're interested in hearing my birth stories or what topics you'd like to hear next. And if you are tuning in from Spotify or iTunes or any of the other streaming platforms, then I would absolutely love if you could leave me a review. I'm trying to level up. No, I am leveling up in 2021. 
We're here to grow, to flourish. But I need your help. I need you to use that critical eye and let me know what you think about this podcast. All right. I'm going to see y'all. Nope. I'm going to talk to y'all in the next episode. Peace. Thanks for listening to the first half of the Her Holistic Path podcast. If you'd like to hear the full episode, you can meet me over at patreon.com slash herholisticpath. Your support helps me to further my reach in my community and truly make a difference in birth. But if your listening does stop here, thanks for stopping by and feel free to share this episode, rate, review, and of course, subscribe. Wishing you love, abundance, and alignment on your journey. Peace.